these are the Lauren Boberts and Marjorie Taylor Greens of state judicial politics. Yeah. She and her husband are currently building a gun range slash wedding venue with a liquor license. That's their side project. Ben. Ben. Hello, and welcome to the Politics Girl podcast. I'm your host, Lee McGowan. Let's get into it. Today's pod is a candid conversation with Ben Wickler, chair of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. And you might say, oh no, I'm out. Why would I listen to one leader from one state in a non-election year? This has nothing to do with me. And I'll tell you, if you believe in democracy and the success of the American experiment, then this episode has everything to do with you. On April 4th, there will be the most important special election you have never heard of for a Wisconsin Supreme Court seat. This election will decide everything from if abortion is outlawed in the state to if the gerrymander that has turned Wisconsin into a one-party state is allowed to stand to whether the ultimate swing state is allowed to send electors to Washington who didn't win the popular vote, potentially legally swinging the 2024 presidential election to the Republicans even if the Democrats win. Democracy itself is on the line with this election, not just in Wisconsin, but for the entire nation. I'm having Ben on today because nobody knows Wisconsin voting better than him. Under his leadership, Wiz Dems won the 2020 State Party of the Year after powering a Democratic victory to the Supreme Court, spearheading the Biden victory in the state, and running a successful Save the Veto campaign that prevented the Republicans from gaining a supermajority in the state legislature, despite the fact that the election system itself was completely against them. Ben Wickler knows how to win, and he's built the Wisdom operation into a national success that is recognized as a true force for progressive change in America. There is no way we weren't going to talk to Ben before this election, and there was no way I wasn't going to give you the opportunity to help stand up for democracy right when it counts. So without further ado, please welcome my guest, former D.C. director for Move On, lifelong political activist, and chair of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, Ben Wickler. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks, everyone listening, tuning in. Um, this is a giant moment for Wisconsin. And because Wisconsin's the tipping point for the entire country, what happens over these uh, next handful of weeks is going to have a gigantic impact on the future of everyone. So really excited to join you today. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I mean, I know how busy you are. You are absolutely revved up for this primary that's coming up next week and the general election that's in April. But I really wanted our audience to understand the incredible importance of what should be a kind of a seemingly insignificant state judicial election, right? But this election is going to have such an effect on the overall health of American democracy that I wanted people to really understand why this particular race is so important. So you want to just give us an overview on why we should be caring about a Wisconsin Supreme Court race? Absolutely. And I should start by saying one reason I'm, I'm particularly glad we're having this conversation is that Democrats have often ignored judicial races specifically and down-ballot races in states. Uh, we often focus on the big shiny prize, the presidency, control of the House and Senate. Those are critical, but we win those things based on the building blocks of what happens in the states, especially the battleground states. And there's no more battle-tastic battleground state than the state of Wisconsin. We're the only state where four of the last six presidential elections has come down to less than one percentage point. And frankly, 2024 might be exactly in line with that. We're the tipping point state that put Trump over the top, 
our discredit and Joe Biden over the top. So as we look forward, the election laws in Wisconsin are going to have a gigantic impact on the next presidential contest. And, and not only that, Wisconsin came closer than any other state, one vote on our state Supreme Court short of overturning the 2020 election results. Trump brought his lawsuits and got further in Wisconsin than he did anywhere else. So what happens in a state Supreme Court race can actually determine whether the democracy is a democracy or not. Uh, and on top of that, Wisconsin is currently not a democracy. We actually have the most gerrymandered maps in the country, maps chosen by our state Supreme Court. Our state Supreme Court, uh, after our Democratic great Governor Tony Evers and our totally Republican-controlled legislature couldn't agree on a set of maps, the state Supreme Court chose maps that gave Republicans six out of eight congressional districts in Wisconsin, and almost supermajorities in both chambers of our state legislature. And if this had been a slightly worse year, if we hadn't fought so hard, they would have supermajorities in both chambers, and they could override Governor Evers' veto right now and rig election laws before 2024. That is a gun lying on the table. And until we melt it down for scrap, the chance of Republicans getting total control, even if they are losing statewide elections, is very real and present for us in our state. So this election that's coming up on April 4th, after the primary on February 21st, it's for an open seat on our state Supreme Court. Currently, the court is 4-3 conservative. A conservative is retiring. So this is our chance to actually flip the balance, have a progressive majority in our state Supreme Court. And if that happens, our state Supreme Court could decide to declare our gerrymandered maps unconstitutional. It certainly is a very strong legal argument for that. It happened in Pennsylvania as well. That could lead to redistricting maybe even before the 2024 elections. It would also ensure that we have a state Supreme Court that is not looking for ways to stomp on voting rights. In Wisconsin, even with a Democratic governor, the state Supreme Court made drop boxes for absentee ballots illegal before the 2024, uh, 2022 elections. And they said it was uh, illegal to return even your own spouse's absentee ballot. These are small changes that have a big impact. We lost the Senate race against Ron Johnson under these new laws by one percentage point, the closest we came in any state to defeating an incumbent Republican running for re-election, but it, was, it came down to 1% of the votes in the state. These are the kinds of impacts that these Supreme Court decisions can have, and it's why this election is so urgent for the whole country. Yeah, no, essential. And now the dates people need to know are February 21st, which is the nonpartisan primary election. And then the top two candidates from that election will advance to the general election, which is April 4th. Now, the primary, there are two Democrat or progressive candidates, Everett Mitchell and Janet Protasiewicz, who would represent a vast improvement to Wisconsin politics and better represent the will of the voters. Now, Wisdoms, your organization, is neutral between these two candidates. Why is that? Like, if only two candidates can advance, why are you guys supporting both candidates, which could theoretically split the vote? I mean, you must have a reason behind that. So the first reason is we are in our constitution that was written in 1848 when the state party reformed itself as the progressive party in the state of Wisconsin. It says we are neutral between Democrats in primaries. Okay. Uh, so that's, you know, it's the it's the the core of how we approach this work. But the second thing is, so there, there are two progressive candidates, two very, very right wing candidates. And in our research, it's pretty clear that that a progressive and a conservative will advance out of the primary. But once that happens, the state party can endorse and provide unlimited support to the progressive who merges into the general election. And this gets to exactly what our role is. Uh, this election is very likely to look like the fall 2022 elections where Republicans run on crime and fear. 
um, often with racist dog whistles baked in. And the progressive candidates run on freedom, especially the freedom to access a safe and legal abortion. The idea that medical decisions should be left up to the, to the people who they directly affect in consultation with their doctors and their families, uh, their faith, if they're per person of faith, not requiring a permission slip from a politician. And both of the right-wing candidates in this race are endorsed by ultra anti-abortion groups that in yeah and if case, i may yeah, these please. candidates i mean these two mega candidates running for this seat people should know dan kelly jennifer doro they are hyper conservative trump loving justices that would be an absolute disaster for wisconsin politics but also for american politics dan kelly is a gop operative who was actually appointed to the state supreme court in 2016 and then quickly showed himself to be like a full-blown republican hack he lost that election to permanently stay on the bench in 2020 even after he was endorsed by trump and that made him only the second sitting supreme court justice in wisconsin's history to lose a re-election campaign. But he has been endorsed by Pro-Life Wisconsin, which opposes not just abortion, but contraception in general. And he has called the far-right Supreme Court Justice Clarice Thomas his hero. So as far as I'm concerned, he absolutely cannot win. But neither can Jennifer Doro, who is as far-right as Kelly and has been endorsed by the Wisconsin's right to life. Now, her backers include anti-abortion politicians, the ones who empowered district attorneys across Wisconsin to enforce the 1849 criminal abortion ban after Roe was overturned, including in places where they weren't even elected, those DAs. And Darrow also backed the current extreme um, right Supreme Court justice who is retiring. And that is the same justice who was a big supporter of Trump's 2020 lawsuit to throw out hundreds of thousands of Wisconsin ballots and hand the state electoral votes to Trump, despite the fact that Biden won the state. So she supports Darrow. As far as I'm concerned, she can't win either, especially since when she was asked what the worst U.S. Supreme Court decision has ever been, she said it was Lawrence v. Texas, which was the 2003 decision to eliminate anti-sodomy laws. So in her opinion, the worst decision the Supreme Court ever made was allowing gay sex. So these people cannot win. These are extreme extremists, right? And so either one of these Republican choices would be terrible for Wisconsin, but also terrible for democracy and terrible for human rights. They put the ultra in ultra mega. I these, mean, are, these are the Lauren Boberts and Marjorie Taylor Greens of state judicial politics. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer Duro, um, she and her husband are currently building a gun range slash wedding venue with a liquor license. That's their side project. Ben. I'm, ben. Completely serious. That is happening <laughs> right now. She talks about it on the campaign trail. Uh, this is it, this is not who you want to be in charge of the final decisions on issues of democracy. Or let me just go back to this question of of reproductive freedom. Wisconsin has a ban on abortion starting at zero weeks, with no exceptions for rape or incest or the life of the mother. That was written in the year 1849 when women didn't have the right to vote before the invention of modern medicine. The way it's written. It might refer to standard practice abortion care for cases of ectopic pregnancy, for miscarriages, for situations that couldn't possibly lead to a live birth. Doctors are terrified right now of being thrown in jail for performing routine medical care. You can't finish an OBGYN training without leaving the state to learn how to provide basic care in Wisconsin right now. 
And the question of whether the 1849 ban should be enforced, and doctors have to act as though it is because it hasn't been adjudicated yet, that question will come before this state Supreme Court. So either this nightmare scenario that we are just at the beginning of right now will continue, or the law will be struck down. Our Attorney General, Josh Call, our governor, have sued to strike down the ban. And that decision will be made. The, the, the deciding vote will be determined by this election. Yeah, because that case is supposed to come before the courts in August, and that will be after the election. So whoever wins this state Supreme Court seat will be on the bench when this, <laughs> should women have to live in the 1840s or not, law comes before the bench. This is, you know, Bill Clinton used to talk about the bridge to the 21st century. This election is a trap door to the 19th century. It's that stark. And it comes down to this one seat. And let me just say, Wisconsin Supreme Court elections, they've been even closer than presidential elections. In 2019, right before I was elected chair, the, the progressive candidate lost a Supreme Court election by 5,962 votes. That's less than one vote per precinct across the state, less than one half of one percentage point. In 2011, there was a state Supreme Court race that would have determined the majority on our state Supreme Court that came down to 7,006 votes uh, that if we had won that case, we wouldn't have had gerrymandered maps for the last decade. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild how tight these races can be. And also how much impact a dollar or an hour of volunteering or, or more dollars or more hours can make because turnout goes down in spring elections, Supreme Court elections. It's like a third to a half of the turnout for, the, for, for races like the governor and Senate races we had last year, which means that there are hundreds of thousands of progressive Democrats who, if they know this election is happening, they will vote and they will vote for freedom, for justice, for equality, for the rule of law and the constitution and not for this kind of extreme ultra mega ideology. All they need is that that extra nudge. And that is what the state party is going to do in every possible way between now and April 4th. And so we are asking for contributions and we're asking for volunteers. We will put those things to work. Yeah, I think anyone who believes in democracy has to look at this race and go like, holy hell, I have to get involved, right? Um, Dan Pfeiffer from Crooked Media recently called Wisconsin the absolute playbook for Republican authoritarianism. And I think he's completely right. I mean, based on votes, it looks like the Democrats won Wisconsin in 2018 and in 2020 and in 2022. And yet, as you said, the Republicans control 65% of the state legislature and use that unfair power advantage to further solidify their dominance, right? So Wisconsin is currently ranked 47th in the nation when it comes to ease of voting. And the current Wisconsin Supreme Court, the 4-3 conservative majority, in combination with the Republican legislature and their 65% that was gerrymandered into power, keeps making more rules to make it even worse. So it's almost like Wisconsin is a beta test for what the Republicans would like to see happen across the entire country. And if you are someone who believes in actual democracy, then Wisconsin is the place you have to focus your energy right now to say, absolutely not. This is not the way the country is going to go. That is exactly, exactly it. What happens in Wisconsin doesn't stay in Wisconsin. No. We're both the tipping point state in the Electoral College and the Senate majority, potentially in the House. There, there are two congressional seats that could flip if we win the state Supreme Court race and the Supreme Court decides we should have fair maps instead of rigged maps for Republicans. But it's, it is also the laboratory for autocracy. It's the place where Republicans try out stuff that they want to bring elsewhere. It's happened over and over after the la over the last 12 years. 
And one reason why it's so painful that this is true is that Wisconsin used to be the laboratory for democracy. It's the state that created things like workers' compensation. It's the state that created uh, the, the idea that you should have experts looking at what the effect of laws would be. The Congressional Research Service that informs Congress is based on a model in Wisconsin called the Lever Legislative Reference Bureau. Uh, we created public sector unions in Wisconsin. We created workers' uh, compensation. We created, we were the first state to have protections for LGBTQ people, the first state to ratify the 19th Amendment so women have the right to vote, the first state to declare the Fugitive Slave Act unconstitutional. Wisconsin is, in a lot of ways, the birthplace of the progressive movement, and that made it a target for the GOP. They figured if they could rig this state for Republican control, if they could do that in Wisconsin, they could do it anywhere. And that's exactly what they've done. And this election is our chance to undo that. It's the thing that opens the door to actually having the possibility of, of Democrats winning elections if they get the most votes and being able to pass laws. So it, we're both right at the edge of the, of the abyss that we have almost fallen down several times where Republicans rewrite all our laws to lock in permanent Republican control. We're right at the edge of the cliff. But we are also right at the beginning of the path up to the mountaintop. If we win this race, we can start to climb that mountain. And Wisconsin can be what so many people in our state wish it were. It's a, there's a progressive majority of the public when you ask them about policies. But it is democracy enchained right now. And this race, this fight more than any other, is the key to actually starting to make things better. Yeah, I mean, this whole concept of if you can't win on ideas, you make sure your opponent can't win at all. And this kind of behavior just absolutely must be stopped. Being a working mom who works from home with a picky eater dog and a teenager whose appetite changes with his growth spurts, our family seems to make an extraordinary amount of food waste. And I know that when food waste breaks down in landfills, it makes methane that goes into the atmosphere, which makes me feel very guilty every time I throw out food. For years, I used our garbage disposal, but it can't do meat or banana peels, and I would never put salmon skin or potatoes in there unless I wanted my sink to completely back up. I try to be as responsible as I can with food waste, but I keep buying vegetables and fruits that die a slow death in my crisper drawer. And then I got the Lomi. The Lomi allows me to turn all my food scraps into dirt with the push of a button. It's a countertop electric composter that turns all your leftover food into soil in under four hours. I honestly can't say enough about this machine. Since we got our Lomi, we throw out so much less garbage. We literally went from three bags a week to one, and I feel infinitely better knowing that I'm creating soil instead of garbage. Food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint, and I'm so happy to know I'm finally doing my part to limit mine. At least once a week, I say out loud, I love the Lomi. And I don't say that because they're a sponsor. I say that because it's entirely true. The machine has changed how we function in our kitchen. So if you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleaning up after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash politicsgirl and use the promo code politicsgirl to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash politicsgirl and use promo code politicsgirl at checkout. One less trip to the garbage can, one more step to start helping our planet. It's a win-win at Lomi.com. As I understand it, the Democratic governor, Tony Ebers, was just reelected and the Republican legislature, that same Republican legislature we're talking about, immediately took a vote that stripped him of most of his power, right? So the same group of people that won their House th seats through these incredibly unfair maps that were drawn by the Republican Supreme Court took 
what he was allowed to do and just shredded it. You know, they've basically neutered him. Every action, every nomination, even when he tries to appoint people to work with, they shut him down, which basically makes it impossible for him to do his job. So this happened when he was first elected in 2018. He was elected. Governor Scott Walker was still governor for a few months. It's the lame duck period. And as soon as Governor Evers was declared the winner, Scott Walker and the Republicans called a special extraordinary session of the state legislature, which legally they actually did this in violation of state law, but the Republican-controlled state Supreme Court upheld the laws they passed. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah, I know. Shocker. And they, they stripped power away from the governor and from the attorney general. Now, to his enormous credit, Governor Evers has found ways to do a huge amount, especially because with the American Rescue Plan, with federal laws, they empower governors to be able to spend funds and do stuff. So when Republicans said, hell no, we're not going to let you actually you know, spend funds to support schools and fix roads and all this stuff, President Biden said, oh, yeah, well, Congress just gave me billions of dollars to do exactly that. So he's gotten a lot done. But it has been a it's been ridiculous. It's been a kind of a nightmare, a Kafka-esque nightmare. Um, I'll give you one example. The Scott Walker appointee to run the Department of Natural Resources refused to step down after his term ended. So Governor Evers, in our state law, is supposed to be able to appoint the successor, but the guy refused to step down. And the state Supreme Court, the right-wing 4-3 state Supreme Court, ruled that that was fine. He could have (laughs) stayed on indefinitely. It took after Governor Evers' re-election, four years after Governor Evers came in, for Scott Walker's appointee, who runs the Department of Natural Resources, to step down, and now Governor Evers you know, needs to get a replacement. Uh, it's so many people serving in cabinet positions have designee after their names because Republicans have refused to actually confirm them. It's it is this rule through judicial fiat in totally in opposition to democracy that has become the Republican hallmark nationwide. And the state Supreme Court is at the center of that operation. These, right. these are really people who are Republican activists in judicial clothing. Sometimes they talk about judicial activism when they talk about what other justices do, and it is laughable. Dan Kelly, who's running for re-election, literally was on the Republican Party payroll. Uh, this is what we're seeing from the right. And statewide elections really are the only chance we have to unwind that. In Wisconsin, Supreme Court justices are elected to 10-year terms. So if we if we win this April, it has a long-term consequence that can help torpedo this kind of creeping authoritarianism that has invaded from all sides uh, through these Republican machinations to undercut the rule of law and the idea that that's inscribed in our state capital. It's a quote from Fighting Bob LaFollette. It says, the will of the people shall be the law of the land. That is the that's the idea of what a democratic small d government should be about. And that for Republicans is their worst nightmare. Yeah, that's why they've been fighting you for so long. And that's why they turned their eye on Wisconsin to turn what would be a progressive think tank state into a Republican sort of hellscape, honestly. I mean, anyone who believes in democracy, actual democracy, who imagines a country where elected politicians can do their job and represent the people rather than just being blocked at every turn by obstructionists should want to change the way Wisconsin functions. Because you don't have to live in Wisconsin to be like, that's not right. And if that's what they're practicing there to expand to the rest of the country, then I want to help the people who are trying to stop that. Because we need to be really clear that having one more progressive justice on the Wisconsin Supreme Court, one who believes in things like allowing people to vote, bodily autonomy, respecting the will of the voter, would make a huge difference. Not just when it comes to Wisconsin elections, where Democratic voters are almost all but shut out of winning despite voting in winning numbers, but 
as you said earlier, to the results of the 2024 presidential election. So even if you don't want to help, you know, the birthplace of progressive, positive democracy in Wisconsin, you have to think, what do I want to happen for the 2024 presidential election? Do you want to just break down why the Wisconsin Supreme Court is such a key player in who wins in 24? Absolutely. So the political science concept of a tipping point state works this way. You think about the state where Joe Biden wins by the most, the most blue state. And then clearly one state is not enough to win 270 votes, the majority in the electoral college. So you keep adding states where President Biden wins by less and less and less until you're getting to states that are very, very close. And finally, you add a state where when, once you add their electoral college votes, that gets you to 270, that determines the president. That state is called the tipping point state. It's the one that puts the candidate over the top. The additional states that you might win by even smaller margins are kind of icing. They're, they're the cherry on top. Uh, but you've won once you get to that tipping point state. So every presidential campaign is built around figuring out what the tipping point state is most likely to be and win that state and every state that you can win by more than it. That's the number one goal. And Wisconsin was the tipping point state in 2020 and in 2016. It's the state that essentially... Once Wisconsin was won, we had our winner. And it's probably the same thing for 2024. It's it's this weird thing. Unlike other states, we're not trending one way or another. We are perched on a knife's edge seemingly permanently. And I think that's partly because Republicans have rigged our system so much so that even though the public favors progressive policies overwhelmingly, it, it is it is so hard for Democrats to win that we are we're in this world of tiny margins. Right. That's why President Biden came to Wisconsin the day after the State of the Union address. It's why we were the first state that he visited after he became president, uh, you know, outside of outside of his immediate area with the White House. Uh, Wisconsin is central to presidential politics. And what we've seen over these last two election cycles is that our state Supreme Court in Republican hands is democracy hostile. It's voter hostile. It changes the rules to support Republican victory in ways that make it even harder to be able to win. Now, sort of like if you get an injury, your muscles compensate to make you stronger in, in ways that allow you to, to get through the day. Um, I think of the Democratic Party of Wisconsin almost like that. We have this incredible network of thousands of volunteers all over the state. They work in neighborhood teams where people know every door on their block. They know how to get into the apartment building and talk to someone there. Maybe they live in the apartment building if there is one. In rural areas, they know, uh, you know the fastest route between two farmhouses that might be a couple miles apart to be able to knock on their doors. And we've been organizing continuously for the last seven years, uh, we, we started doing this year-round organizing program after we lost in 2016. My predecessor chair launched the program. We've grown it to this extraordinary degree. So we have this extraordinary network of people who refuse to give up with independent grassroots groups as well, groups uh, led by Black and Latino Wisconsinites, Hmong Wisconsinites, uh, you know, across geography, everywhere. That operation can help us to, to win in 2024 and beyond. But if Republicans keep kicking out our, our kneecaps, it makes it incredibly hard. And that is the Republicans' goal with our state Supreme Court. So this is a situation where if we win this race, it allows democracy to actually function, where the people who, who do the work, convey the message, have the vision, have a candidate who inspires trust, wins. And if we win Wisconsin, we probably win the whole country. And that's why you know, I know that, that national democratic leaders are very, very tuned into the state Supreme Court race. Uh, but it's going to take all we can do. And I want to highlight this because the Republicans also get how important this is. And the biggest Republican donors in the country have already declared that they will spend millions of dollars to 
put a Republican back on the state Supreme Court. And I'm referring specifically to Dick and Liz Uline. You maybe have never heard of them. They are bigger donors than than the Koch brothers at this point. Uh, they were the biggest donors in 2022. They put millions of dollars into the super PAC that in our last Senate election with Mandela Barnes versus Ron Johnson, millions and millions of dollars, like tens of millions of dollars to support Ron Johnson defeating Mandela Barnes. And we lost by one percentage point. They have their sights set on the Supreme Court race, which means it's going to take a ton of people power. Everyone who might be listening to this right now, chipping in and helping make this work. We know we can win. We've won 14 of the last 17 statewide elections here. We can win, but it is going to take all hands on deck as though our national democracy depends on it, because it is not an exaggeration to say that it does. Yeah, no, I know we're all mad about the endless money in politics and the buying of our political races, but... Until we get Citizens United overturned, this is the way politics works. We have to fight fire with fire, which means we have to fight money with money. And the GOP clearly understands the importance of this race. So it's essential that we understand it too, and we push back with an equal financial counterforce, right? I mean, one right-wing team just spent $240,000 on a radio ad for this election. Your research is saying that they raised more than $300,000 in December alone. The far-right extremist groups are planning to, as you say, dump millions of dollars into this race to ensure a GOP win. And any of us who believe in democracy and believe in the fairness of elections and believe that if you vote in the majority, you should win a majority, have to get behind this. Even if you have nothing to do with Wisconsin, you have to see how much Wisconsin has to do with us. You, I couldn't have said it better myself. And <laughs> when you look at what these Republicans are are telling people on the campaign trail, we know exactly how they will rule if they get the power to do it. You know, imagine we could have a national Supreme Court election and we could have decided whether we want Amy Coney Barrett or Brett Kavanaugh on the national Supreme Court. Dobbs wouldn't have gone through the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Well, nationally, it depends on the Senate and the president. But in Wisconsin, it is a direct election for Supreme Court justices. And just the same as the national level uh, in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court will rule on reproductive freedom and it'll rule on democracy. And we have a chance to do in Wisconsin, the tipping point state, what we did not have the power to do at the federal level. So this is it. This is all hands on deck. And if you um, have never thought about a state Supreme Court race before, you can make up for lost time in a hurry right now. Because if we yeah. win this one, it opens the door to, to so much more. This election uh, will make such an incredible difference to so many people's lives. I mean, not just in Wisconsin, but around the country. This is a special election that everyone should be paying attention to. And quite frankly, as I said before, throwing money at. Because we need to do all we can do to push the country in the right direction because God knows the Republicans are pushing in the opposite direction and we see it every single day. So we either have a country that listens to its citizens and reflects the will of its voters or we don't. And it looks like this Supreme Court election is going to be the bellwether for which way the country is going to go. So what else can we do, Ben? What do you want from those of us who care about democracy and want to make sure that we direct our time and our energy and our resources to the most effective place? Where do we go? What website? What do you need from us? Thank you. Uh, perfect, perfect question. So one thing <laughs> to, to make sure folks know, under Wisconsin law, thanks to laws uh, that Scott Walker rewrote, he thought to his benefit, the state party in Wisconsin can provide unlimited support to candidates. So what we are saying to both of the candidates in the primary is, look, we want you to spend your budget in the primary because once we get to the general election, 
Our state party is building up the war chest. We will fund the statewide grassroots organizing campaign. We will do we will do all these different parts. And what that means is if you want to give to a primary candidate, wonderful, totally up to you. For the general election, if you donate now at wisdems.org slash donate, we will put those dollars to work uh, to stretch every penny to have maximum impact. And if you have some time, go to wisdems.org slash volunteer. So that's W-I-S-D-E-M-S dot O-R-G slash volunteer. We will put you to work no matter where you are. We hire expert organizers, amazing people. They work with everyone in-state, but also out-of-state volunteers, because wherever you are, you can call Wisconsin Democrats and say, hey, do you know about the Supreme Court race that's coming up on April 4th? Here are the candidates. Here are the issues. Here's how to vote. We will train you. We'll provide you with scripts and, and, and support you with saying the most effective things based on our research. And then you will actually turn out voters who wouldn't have voted otherwise. It's an amazing, satisfying experience. People like getting these calls because it's not like a presidential year where your phone's ringing off the hook. If you don't make that call, nobody else is going to. And the, there are so many people who need some reminders. We know from, from a ton of research and study, it takes multiple kind of touches, multiple reminders from multiple sources for someone who otherwise wouldn't vote to cast their ballot. So you can be part of making that happen. Wisdoms.org slash donate and wisdoms.org slash volunteer your time and your money, your time and treasure and talent, as they say. Those things can go further in a in a low profile race like this than they can in the really big races that everyone's watching on TV every night. Um, but we we don't have much time. So I just want to underscore the time urgency of this. Make this like September and October of a presidential year. Uh, these next couple of months, we, it's a six-week general election. It's 42 days between February 21st and April 4th. Think about the last six weeks of a presidential year. It needs to be like that. It needs to become something that all across the country, everyone's talking to each other about and then figuring out how they can do more for us to pull this off. And if we do pull this off, this is like a, a thread from a sweater. We can unravel the whole... Uh, I don't know, evil sweater that Republicans have knit uh, to, to make Wisconsin a democracy again. Yeah, I mean, I want I want people to care about this race and I need them to understand what's on the line here. And we need to send money out and get people to turn out and make those phone calls to be like, listen, this really is important. I know it's April, but you got to go out because this is such an essential race. Because if you or your family are listening to this and you live in Wisconsin... You have to vote in this election. Who wins this Supreme Court seat is the difference between abortion being legal and illegal. It's the difference between your state being gerrymandered into one party control against the will of the voters or your state having free and fair elections. If you don't live in Wisconsin, this is the choice between supporting democracy or letting it die. Honestly, it's the choice between pregnant people's right to bodily autonomy or allowing government mandated pregnancy where modern American women are forced to live under rules from 1849. And finally, it's the choice between having a fair presidential election in 2024 or Republicans being allowed to decide who wins no matter how the votes went. So this is essential, essential, essential. And to know that you're making a difference to say like, hey, man, I put in three hours and the, you know, the the difference between a winning and a losing uh, vote in Wisconsin is 1%. And like, I made a difference there. To know that you can make an actual difference to not just Wisconsin democracy, but democracy for America should mean the world to everyone. And I know I'm going to do it. And I hope everyone else does it too. 
I want to thank you for joining us today, Ben. This is really the most important election no one has ever heard of. And thank you for taking a minute in the madness to speak to us about it. And now that people know, I hope that they will care enough to reach out and make a difference. Thank you so, so, so much. Let's go fight and win. Let's go fight and win. So that was Ben Wickler, chair of the Wisconsin Democrats, telling us how much is on the line with this Supreme Court special election. The state that was once the birthplace of progressive laws is now the home of regressive politics and unjust policies. But this election could unravel it all. If you can vote in Wisconsin, then you have to get out there and do it on February 21st and then again on April 4th. If you can't vote in this election, then it's our job to support the people who can. Democracy, human rights, fairness and justice are all on the line with this one seat. And with Wisconsin as the tipping point state for presidential elections, the future of our country is on the line too. At the end of the day, this election will come down to turnout. And turnout comes down to us. I want to thank Ben for joining us today and you for caring enough about democracy to be here. Now send money to Wisdoms and let's get this country on a better path. Until next week, PG out. The Politics Girl podcast is written and performed by me, Lee McGowan, in partnership with the Midas Media Network and produced and edited by Happy Warrior Entertainment. All rights reserved.